This is Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. I'm your host and head of community here at Pod People, Tyler Green. You're going to want to sharpen your pencils, pull out your notebooks, and get ready to take some great notes. Matt Sav, our head of production, speaks with Pod People's superstar project manager, Daniel Roth, about how to create, manage, and keep up with your bump da dam production schedule. Daniel Roth is a producer and project manager who has made audio for the Peabody-nominated StoryCorps podcast, Vanity Fair, and Wait What. She's also a full-time production manager for Pod People. She works on our full-service production projects and helps keep this well-oiled machine well-oiled. Now, there are obviously many types of podcasts out there, from chat shows to immersive fiction and thus many ways to schedule out a show. Let's dive in as Danielle chats with our head of production, Matt Sav, for an inside look at how we do it here at Pod People, specifically for our standard interview style shows. I've made podcasts where you record in the morning and then the podcast goes out the next day. I'm sure we've heard many an emergency podcast that was recorded, you know, a few hours before you heard it. For our process, because our shows are so collaborative and we're working with clients to kind of bring their voices to audio, we need about eight weeks from confirming the guest to releasing the episode into the world. Okay, hold up. That sounds crazy. Eight weeks between confirming a guest and publishing an episode of a podcast. I feel like a lot of people are probably scoffing at this saying, oh, I I do the whole cycle in a week. I know. But can you run us through why that eight weeks is so important? Yeah. If you're working with a client on a weekly podcast or a limited series for many episodes. Oh, yeah. I can just break it down into the different steps that we have um, within those eight weeks, because then I think it will make a little bit more sense. And I think another thing to consider is in this production process, there is a lot of, I guess, reasons why things can go a little bit sideways. But I think if you have ample time, then you can kind of spot things before they go sideways and then prevent the problem, which I think is what really good planning and production planning is all about. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hop in here, Danielle, to say so we can define this as we go through the schedule. We're leaving two weeks between confirming the guest and recording because, again, you need that time from confirming the guest to scheduling the details of the record, making sure it works with everyone's schedules, the host, the guest, the producer. And then we're also leaving two weeks after the mastered file is delivered as a buffer so that if it's a weekly show, you have multiple episodes in the back. So really, in that eight-week schedule, we're leaving two weeks at the top after you've confirmed a guest before you start recording and kick off production. And then we're leaving two weeks after as a buffer. So it's really actually a four-week production and post-production process. But those two weeks at the top and the tail are so important to making sure that you have some wiggle room and room to pivot if something goes awry. So oh, yeah. going back to then like, okay, we confirm guests, we leave two weeks for the planning, and we're hitting the recording date. We're now six weeks out from the episode dropping. What happens from there? So you've recorded the guest. What is the immediate next step 
that is going to happen. Yes. The next step that you do is you send that off for transcription. So the episode transcript is just verbatim what happened in the episode. This is really important for a number of reasons. It's super helpful to share with the internal team. It's great to have a record of that conversation. Yeah. And what are you using to create that transcript? If you are an indie podcaster, you can be, you know, transcribing it yourself. You could be using rev.com. You could be using trint.com. You could be using Temi. And after you have the transcript of the interview, then the producer goes ahead and creates an episode script. So... This can be kind of a confusing step if you're new to podcasting, but the episode script has everything that you would expect in the finished file, except just on paper. So it has the voiceover narration for the host to record. It has all of the suggested cuts from the interview itself. If there's like segments, you know, you have music cues to kind of go into those segments. If you have a mid-roll, then you have the mid-roll spot kind of nicely outlined there. Um, It just has all of the markings. So, you know, you as a producer, you know what it will sound like um, when you have an audio draft. The editor can use this script as the basis while they're creating the audio draft. And then the client can be using this as a really easy way to give feedback on the episode itself. So, you know, a lot of people don't come to audio first. Maybe they come to audio through video or writing or things like that. But the script is a really easy way that it's really accessible way for a lot of people to give notes and feedback on um, what will become a podcast. Yes. And what's amazing about doing the script is that it gets everyone aligned on the vision for what the episode is going to be before you start cutting the audio. So if you're an independent podcaster and you're doing it all, you may skip this step of transcribing and then going through and scripting out what the episode is going to be. But when you're working with clients, just having a defined vision for what the episode is going to be on paper, again, with you know scripted intros, the music, the sound effects, the cut-throughs of the full conversation in transcript form, And then you're able to move into the next step, which is creating those audio edits and sharing with the client for feedback. And usually then you can get it down to even one or two rounds of audio edits rather than a ton of back and forth. Yeah, I think there's definitely times when it's just dive into the audio, start editing, whatever. But I think when you're working with a team, having that scripting phase is super helpful because that's also when you can kind of sort out what the episode title will be, what the episode description will be, just kind of like all of those essential elements um, can be in one place. You can approve it and then move on to the audio draft. Okay, great. So you've gotten approval on your script, and now you move into the audio drafts. I think this might be straightforward for many of our listeners, but can you quickly just define what the audio drafts are and how those work? Yeah, so the audio draft, essentially, this is an early version of the podcast. It's really exciting to hear it all put together, see how it's, you're hear how it's flowing, hear how the VO is working, how different cuts that were made on paper, how those are working. The audio draft will have some light mixing. It will sound more or less like what the final version would sound. There might be some rough edges, but that's something that while you're listening to an audio draft, you can make note of that. So then during the final pass, the engineer can kind of take a look at that, see if they can do anything about it. It's essentially a first version, putting all together. Nice. 
And so audio draft V1, you'll get feedback from the client. Audio draft V2, hopefully then you're locking in the final episode. Once you've gotten that approval from the client on the draft, what happens next as the final step? Yeah. So the final step is mastering. Woo. So mastering. <laughs> I feel like we need like We've some chimes or uh, something. I don't know. That was a poorly done chime sound effect. No, that's okay. We'll have our we'll have our um, <laughs> our editor and master, I guess, um, cue in something. I don't know. Uh, so mastering is honestly, Matt. I feel like you might have a better definition of mastering than than uh, me, since okay. you're like an actual engineer. I come from the producing side of things. That's a fair point. It really depends on the size of your team and how you're working. A lot of people will do mixing which is adding compression and EQ on the track level as they go. A lot of editors will just do that. And some of them will actually throw on what is like a essentially temp master by creating a limiter on the overall track, which just basically kind of compresses down the audio so that it's all really even in the loudness. That's at the most basic level. But let's say, you know, your editor has done that just on a track level When you get to the mastering step, that will be a final check, QC, making sure everything sounds good. At that step, you might be applying some track-wide EQ and compression and making sure that the podcast is up to loudness standards. Again, you know, we've seen everything from negative 14 to negative 18 luffs. Getting very granular there, your mastering engineer or your editor should know how to get things at a good standard for loudness for when you're distributing the podcast. Yeah, exactly. You said it perfectly. (laughs) I've done it too many times. I would hope by now I'm able to (laughs) summarize what mastering is. Yeah. (laughs) Two weeks before the episode published, we have the final mastered file, which is the super exciting part. Everything is put together. It sounds super polished and like ready to go out into the world. So then it gets scheduled in Megaphone or Simplecast and then... Two weeks later, the episode publishes. We did it. Nice. We did it. (laughs) So what happens when you have a really hands-off client who might not be getting you feedback in time when you send a script or an audio draft? Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Clients have a lot going on. They are probably not in the business of producing podcasts. That's what we're here to do. So it's really great (laughs) to set really clear expectations on when things are due. So that could look like having an email at the top of the week and at the end of the week saying like what's due this week and what was done this week and what's due the upcoming week to kind of preview those deadlines for them so they can kind of plan it into their own schedule. It's also really helpful to have weekly meetings with the client. Yeah, I think the key here is that you are working client deadlines into the schedule. And and this is not something that everyone always does, but we find to keep things moving. Again, with each script draft, we usually take three days to deliver and then we leave two days in the schedule for the client to respond. And you can gently add when you deliver the script hey, here's the script of episode 107. Please have all feedback back to us by X date. 
Yeah. So setting those expectations really helps keep things moving along and doesn't put the onus on them to just magically know when they need to respond to you by. Oh, yeah. So it's actually helpful for the client as well. Yeah. Make it really easy for them to know when things are due. Yeah. So next question is an overly demanding client. How do you handle that? Yeah. So this is where having a really clear statement of work in the contract can be really helpful. So that clear statement of work has exactly what you're delivering, what the format is. Is it interview? Is it conversational? Is it narrative? And how many interviews per episode? So then that way, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, when they think of a podcast, maybe they think of something that's like really highly produced that has like a really... You know, you know, you have like a team of like 20 people or something like working on that. Yeah, sound um, designers, fully scripted, 20 interviews per episode. Exactly. And that's something that if you have a client that is asking for every time you turn in an audio draft, they're saying like, why doesn't this sound like, you know, <laughs> this American life or something, then you can kind of point <laughs> back to that statement of work. Yeah. And what's really cool to add in there too are rush fees when a deliverable we find is expected in two days or less. That's when we kick in rush fees because, again, we've built in typically three days for delivering each script and each audio draft. You can tack on a 20% rush fee, let's say, with the client so they know it's on them if they need something rushed that, you know, the scramble that you're going to need to do on your end is accounted for. Oh, yeah. Also, if there's additional revisions... And let's say you've gotten past the second audio edit and they're like, ah, can you redo this and, you know, entire section with all of these updates? Okay, well, there's an additional revisions fee that's built in there, too. And these are ways of protecting your team as you put together. This would be back in the contracting portion, you know, before you even begin a project, but it will pay off in dividends as you're in it, because then when you need to adjust the schedule, you clearly have defined what happens in the contract when those schedule adjustments get overly condensed. Yes. So a really clear statement of work, that's a really clear way of framing expectations, but there's also other ways to be framing expectations with an overly demanding client. So for example, with revisions, when you are at the stage of giving them audio drafts, when you submit that first audio draft, you can say, you know, this is the first audio draft of two audio drafts that we'll be giving you or providing to you or however you want to phrase it. So then they know kind of what, you know, what they they won't be, hopefully they wouldn't be asking for like a third because they know when you're delivering the first one, they know that they only get two of these. So hopefully that kind of tightens up their notes a little bit. Framing their expectations so they know kind of what is appropriate in, you know, as they're kind of getting used to working in podcasting. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say here too is this is where the schedule also helps because when you have the schedule to look at, Again, you've aligned on how things are going to unfold. You can always point to it. When things start to get condensed, you can clearly say, this is why this will be a crunch. Or, oh, looking ahead, you see there's this holiday we need to work on because no one wants to be working on Christmas. Just helps to get everyone involved on the project on the same page for what's delivering and when it's delivering. So that's all the time we have scheduled for our conversation today, Danielle. But thank you so much for joining us. And we really appreciate you sharing this knowledge with everyone. Of course. No, thank you for having me on the show. This is a ton of fun. 
there you have it. Schedule, schedule, schedule. It is the key to a great production. Thank you, Matt and Danielle, for sharing your wisdom with us and breaking it down so beautifully. I hope you learned something today. And if you did, would you kindly leave us a review on iTunes? I know it's annoying to hear this, but just click five stars and then go one extra step if you're feeling so compelled and leave us some words of support. On next week's episode of Pod People's Podcast for People Who Make Podcasts, we have a fantastic conversation with our community member, Bri M. of the great podcast, Power Not Pity. I was looking for Black disabled people just talking about their lives, and I didn't see any of that. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to make my own. The Pod People team is Rachel King, Ann Fuse, Matt Sav, me, Tyler Green, Danielle Roth, Sammy Reed, Isabel Janias, Alexa Brooks Major, Devin Wilson, Priscilla Verlin, Madison Lusby, and Erica Wong. This podcast is edited by Katie Clarkson and mixed and engineered by Erica Wong. If you're on social media, head on over and give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also join the Pod People Facebook group at facebook.com slash P-O-D-P-P-L. And as always, anything worth mentioning from the show are listed in our show notes. Interested in becoming a part of the Pod People community? Go to podpeople.com slash producers and fill out the intake survey. It's all free. Just takes a few minutes of your time. Have a question, comment, or just want to say hey? Send us an email at hello at podpeople.com. Okay, bye. You sound like my email reminders of, of, of rem- oh, I don't know, rem- reminding me where we are in the process of, of all the shows that we're in. Do-do-do-do-do-do.